Well, congratulations to us all. We've made it to 2023. Now, just before we rang in the new year last week, some of you may have been anxious to bid good riddance to 2022. After all, we always tend to do that for the year that we have just left and what we are about to embark on. This past year, for sure, has definitely seen its fair share of challenges and bizarre events and, yeah, all-out wonkiness. I would agree. But we shouldn't ignore some of the good things, the blessings that were also present in 2022. After all, we've made it this far, right? So let's be thankful for that. Well, speaking of thankful, I know that I am thankful for you. I'm thankful for my human family, and I mean that. And I'm thankful to God for making us such beautiful, compassionate, loving beings at our core. Despite all of our imperfections, we are incredible creations. We are here to do amazing things on this little blue planet, as I like to say. That's what we're going to be discussing today in this special conscious commentary segment. What does it mean to be human? Where does transhumanism, this idea of making over humanity into a technological entity come in? And what does any of this have to do with the recent incident with Buffalo Bill's safety, Damar Hamlin? So let's get into this. Our very first podcast of the new year, 2023. Right now on Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks. Well, hello, everyone. Alexis Brooks from Higher Journeys. So glad that you're joining me today on this, our very first broadcast of the new year, 2023. Now, we don't have a guest today. We're going to be doing a little commentary. And I think it's apropos because we actually finished up the year 2022 with a little bit of commentary. So I figured I'd start uh, start the year off uh, with commentary as well. We haven't done conscious commentary for quite some time, so I'm hoping to do uh, or get back to a bit of more, more of that in the new year. We've had a lot to discuss in terms of topical, uh, not the least of which is the recent uh, very, very serious injury um, culminating in a cardiac arrest of Buffalo Bills safety, Damar Hamlin. This happened on January 2nd, of course, uh, Monday in front of millions of people. I, not being a football fan, even though I started my career in sports broadcasting, uh, happened to have the ha- uh, the TV on. I think my husband had turned the game on, <clears throat> excuse me. And so uh, the TV was on and I happened to be in front of it when this uh, this awful event occurred. Uh, The good news is, I think we can say, knock on wood up to this point at at the time of this recording, which is uh, January 5th, that he has been making steady progress. In fact, I have a statement that I was able to get from the Buffalo Bills website on his latest uh, progress. This is not going to be the crux of the discussion, but what will be the crux of the discussion has to do with transhumanism, the desire on the part of some to see Homo sapien sapien turn into um, its synthetic counterpart, you might say, and how and why, I don't think it's going to be as easy as some think. Here's the deal. Here's how I want to set this up and how I will make the connection with uh, Damar Hamlin and what has occurred. As I said, when this event occurred, there were millions of people watching, and frankly, myself included, 
prior to um, prior to this this incredible event, not many people knew his name, save for the fact of for you know diehard Buffalo Bills fans, diehard NFL fans. My husband did know his name, but I wasn't familiar. And in an instant, in an instant after this very very dramatic, very surreal uh, event, he instantly became. Uh, well, I don't want to use these terms lightly, but he became extraordinarily popular. Prayers went out all over, probably all over the world for this young man, 24 years old. If you saw, and probably many of you at this point, <clears throat> I'm going to clear my throat, please forgive me because I've been doing a lot of talking. So I'm a little on the horse side. My the octave is a little lower today. Um, if you saw some of the footage and saw the reaction of the players uh, on the field. We knew something very, very serious must have taken place for the incredible, the tears, the breaking down and the hugging of the players surrounding him and watching what was going on. We later found out, of course, that he did indeed suffer a sudden cardiac arrest and had to have a CPR administered. I'm told not once, but twice once when he was on the field in excess of about 10 minutes. And then later, either on the way to the trauma center or at the trauma center. So this was and still is very serious. But I want to talk about what happened immediately after that. Stunned. Many people were stunned. I think just the stun factor comes from, uh, you know, when you see something happen, pretty much live, not to mention all of the fans that were in the stands that may not have actually seen how he went down or what happened immediately after that, but were in that space. And I felt like I was in that space having uh, had happened to have the game on. There is an, an immediate reaction. And what does, what do most, not all, but many human beings do as almost a knee-jerk reaction, a good one? And that is to move into a space of prayer, real prayer, real emotion, uh, or I should say prayer that is driven by emotion. And those prayers clearly uh, have been pouring out since this event occurred in uh, on the 2nd of January. Here's where I want to draw a nexus point, and it has to do with this idea as little as it is known about it uh, by the masses of, call it the singularity, call it uh, a transhumanist future, a future in which the organic human is eventually but uh, fully replaced by a synthetic counterpart, technologically advanced technology perhaps being inserted into the body in order to escalate the capacity the technological capacity of, of the human to something else. There are people, no doubt you've heard, I'm going to read you a couple of quotes that are huge advocates. Maybe some feel for the right reasons, others maybe not. I'm not going to get into that space of saying what the, what the impetus is for wanting to push for it, but I will read a quote for you. This is by a man whose name has been, you know, uh, on the lips of many people, particularly in the alternative space in recent years, and that's Yuval uh, Noah Harari. 
I want to read a quote from a book he wrote entitled Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind. And then we're going to go from there. He says, quote, as far as we can tell from a purely scientific viewpoint, human life has absolutely no meaning. Humans are the outcome of blind evolutionary processes that operate without goal or purpose. Our actions are not part of some divine cosmic plan. And if planet Earth were to blow up tomorrow morning, the universe would probably keep going about its business as usual. As far as we can tell at this point, human subjectivity would not be missed. Hence, any meaning that people inscribe to their lives is just a delusion, end quote. That's a strong statement, and he has been known for his very adamant statements about what he believes is and isn't and what should be and what shouldn't. Now, I'm starting, I'm kicking off this segment with that quote because to many, me included, that's infuriating. It's beyond insulting, particularly in the context of what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is what is it that makes us human other than our cellular structure? being bipedal, uh, corporeal beings with a measure of intelligence, a, a large measure of intelligence. What is a key factor to our being organic human beings? One word, emotion, compassion, the capacity to emote, whether it is anger or love. And obviously the latter is what I want to focus on and care. When DeMar Hamlin went down, the instinct on the part of millions, and, and I'm sure probably millions who aren't even football fans, was to pray. This was a very, very serious injury. I mean, essentially, if he had a sudden cardiac arrest on that field, he essentially died. And they were able to bring his heart back. He remains in critical condition as of this recording, but I'm going to read that statement from the bills that uh, is quite encouraging. But prayer, I don't think I, in, in all my years, now we know of major events that have rocked our world that necessitated the need or necessitated the use of prayer. And we have heard stories. I'm sure 9-11 was one of them. Many. I actually wanted to look up a few, but the, the, you know that there are many, many examples that have been cited, uh, particularly around world events in which prayers were needed and said. You know what? Let me go ahead and read the the uh, the Buffalo Bills statement. This just came out today, again, January 5th, uh, from the Buffalo Bills organizations. They say, quote, per the physicians caring for DeMar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, DeMar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours, the team said. While still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal and he is making steady progress. We are grateful for the love and support we have received, end quote. I read that, guys, at this time because when you juxtapose what Yuval Noah Harari <laughs> I guess I don't really want to say his name properly. When Harari made this quote that humans, uh, human life has absolutely no meaning. When you juxtapose that very blunt statement with what I believe is absolute meaning among many other reasons to be human and what that means, the power 
of prayer and the power of consciousness, whatever you want to call it. This is not a religious conversation by any means. This is really about exerting something that we have innately built within us, and that is emotion, the ability to emote a feeling, and in this case, care for someone else and a desire to see an individual who, for all intent and purposes, died, be be healed. And here we are, some 24, 48, 72 hours later, and I have to be honest with you, after, you know, I, I did stay up and watch the footage, uh, the, the commentary, you know, after the game, of course, was postponed, it seems indefinitely, found myself glued to the, to the TV. And I woke up the next morning thinking, oh my God, I don't even want to read the uh, papers or, or look at the news because my fear is that we lost him, given the severity of what they describe as happening. And I've continued. And again, I, I having come from mainstream news, moreover, from sports broadcasting several decades ago, uh, I put that aside. I'm not a, I'm not a big news watcher at all. And not to mention a sports fan in the least. <laughs> I think I got my, my fill of it. But this story was so heavy. And so it seems personal for a lot of people that me, like many others, found ourselves glued to updates, updates, updates. And the talk of prayers just pouring out of people and the vigils. Again, we have seen this before. Uh, but this particularly just happening and, and sort of having uh, this potential future that has been bantied about of transhumanism, you know, uh, in a, kind of in our faces, at least those of us that are that are aware of it. You juxtapose those two things and something does not add up. You cannot take the human out of humanity, it's going to be very difficult because emotion and prayer, prayers of love and healing applied to that. Oh, it brings meaning. All right. To the point where, and we will never be able to prove that should he make a full recovery or even a 75% recovery remain alive, which things are looking good. Things are looking good. We'll never be able to prove that it was prayer that did it, but I will, I would be loath to say that it had nothing to do with it. I want to read you another quote. I dug up a few quotes today because I wanted to really kind of put this idea of human consciousness and in our capacity to pray, to meditate, to intend a certain outcome consciously, particularly when it's done with the best of intentions. What effect can it have? This is a book, uh, 1993, written by Dr. Larry Dossey, who I love. I interviewed him quite a few years ago now. He wrote the book, Healing Words, The Power of Prayer and the Practice of Medicine, where he did some very, very in-depth research on whether there is a scientific case for the efficacy of prayer. And I want to read a little quote um, that came from the forward of what he had to say at the time. He says, a few years ago, I was surprised to discover a single scientific study that strongly supported the power of prayer in getting well. Because I'd never heard of controlled experiments affirming prayer, I assumed the study stood alone. But did it? Somehow, I could not let the matter rest, and I began to probe the scientific literature for proof of prayer's efficacy. I found an enormous body of evidence, over 100 experiments, exhibiting the criteria of good science, many conducted under stringent laboratory conditions, over have 
uh, over half of which showed that prayer brings about significant changes. Prayer brings about significant changes in a variety of living beings. I was astonished, he said, end quote. Prayer makes a difference. Of course, there are a myriad of approaches to prayer. I don't know that there is any one manual, but I do think that there's one common theme, and that is pure, unconditional emotion. Reciting words without emotion to me is like reciting words without, it's just nothing. It's just it's just uh, by rote, you, you know, you're just repeating something or you're reading something that is just mono, monotone and, and, and has no uh, feeling or intention. But I truly feel, particularly because this story has been, and particularly from Monday in our face in the mainstream, uh, has, has really moved people, not to mention the donations that have been made to his charity, uh, I believe in Pittsburgh, have been you know, uncharted. I, I just incredible. Um, yeah, there's another story there, but but the point is response, the human response from individuals who want nothing more than to see this kid do well, to heal, to come back to life in full. And he's making progress. What is it about being human that's special? Let's go back to this idea of non-human intelligence. As you know, I like to refer to ET, alien, non-human intelligence, and our possible uh, long history of interaction with these beings, a whole spectrum of them. I tried to find a, find a little bit of data, uh, specific anecdotal data on uh, individuals who say that they have been in contact um, often telepathically communicating with some of these beings. And I, I didn't pull anything specifically for today, but I can tell you that the, the, the conversation has come up on many occasions that within the, the field of ufology and the experiential, that what is it that uh, some of these beings are so interested uh, in with us? And the number one thing that I uh, recall from my own research is emotion. They're interested in studying our ability to have feelings toward a thing, toward someone, the capacity to love, compassion, something that is absent. It appears based on stories from some of these entities. Now, what would be the goal here on their part to, um, remove that from us, let's say if the agenda is malevolent, to mimic it. You know what's interesting? Uh, a syndrome, a condition that is known as Asperger's. Uh, I have a, a dear friend who's a psychologist and she has studied the Asperger syndrome for many years and, and in fact has uh, a couple of family members that have been diagnosed with it. And the one thing she said to me, Alexis, is uh, what is very, very typical of, of, of an individual with Asperger's, that profile, is their inability to express. It's not that they don't have compassion, but their inability to express it. Uh, they tend to be great at mimicking, very, very good at mimicking, and yet not uh, uh, 
emoting naturally. And so they learn how to really study individuals that are perhaps very emotional and, 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 and are able to act it out. It's a fascinating thing. But I, I make that point for this reason that when now we go over to this idea that there are non-human entities studying and have been studying perhaps for many, many years, the human condition, not the least of which is, is our emotional capacity. And are they looking to mimic as well? Are they just absolutely fascinated by um, this, this just very, I'm trying to, I'm trying to pull other words, innate, neat, tethering to the feeling state, the love state, the love frequency, because again, this is not just a feeling. It is a frequency. And if it's a frequency, and let's assume that it is a, it's an unconditional loving frequency, that being built into prayer, we would have to assume that it's a very high frequency, a very strong frequency, and thus a very effective frequency. And so you put all of that together and you look at young Mr. Hamlin's condition and how it has improved to the, I'm sure, complete surprise of many, particularly his teammates that saw what happened. You have to ask the question, did prayer have anything to do with it? I'm going to go out on a limb and say, absolutely. Never mind well, first of all, I'm not going to say never mind because I think there are power in numbers. There have been many studies done on that group meditations and group prayers, group intending. I know Lynn McTaggart has done uh, exhaustive research in that regard and how numbers, it would make sense, would add to the potency, efficacy, and result of a positive outcome. But look at his family, his mother. I'm talking about Damar Hamlin, who thankfully was in that stadium and was able to, to ride with him to the to the uh, trauma center and I'm sure was out of her body uh, as this was all playing out just unbelievable but the 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 just the uh, unprecedented level of authenticity in these prayers yes with family and teammates and extended family but all of these millions of people myself included, I have to pause because it really just reminds us, regardless of what some may want for our future, that includes taking at least part of the human out of humanity. I don't think they'll pull it off. We need to take note of how powerful we are as organic, loving beings. We need to learn and to remind ourselves to utilize that power for the better, for the positive, in every way we possibly can, because we can move mountains with it. You can look at all the studies you want. I did, you know, quote from Larry Dossie's book, great. I think it's great. But seeing it experientially is stunning. Now, okay. We don't know the result, what the ultimate result will be here. We also know that there have been many prayers said to save a life and for whatever reason that life decided to transition. So the skeptics could argue that 
and we don't know what those variables are. But I would be remiss, we would be remiss to ignore the power of emotional prayers said with affirmation, not just asking. I know Billy Billy Carson, who I'm going to bring up a little later in this conversation, we've had a conversation about that. He has done a lot of research on effective prayer versus ineffective prayer and why. There are words of power that are known. I'm a big advocate of feeling, not just reciting, but feeling with uh, self-assuredness of whatever it is you're praying for, the healing of a loved one, the healing of a nation, the healing of humanity. And I, I, I obviously can't be in the heads of the people that have been saying the prayers and that are still saying the prayers, but because this story pulled on our, tugged on our heartstrings so much, I have to imagine that the prayers that are being said for this young man are really felt. Come on, come on, kid, pull through. I know that's what I've been saying. Come on, you can do it. And and you cheer, you know, as you're getting these updates. Yes, you feel it, don't you? So this is something as we look at a potential future that threatens I say potential future that threatens to obliterate that, to take that away. Don't let, we cannot let that deter us. Humanity will remain as long as we remain steadfast to what it is we bring to the table. And that is love. And that is compassion And purpose. So as I'm looking at this quote again, as far as we can tell from a purely scientific viewpoint, human life has absolutely no meaning. Really? Think again. Think we're going to turn this into, or they're going to turn this into a transhumanist society? Think again. It ain't going to be easy to take the human out of humanity. And I'm so encouraged by that. I think I'm going to leave it there. I uh, kind of had this epiphany to do this little bit. Uh, It was fitting. And uh, it made sense to me. So let's, let's chew on that a bit. We're starting a brand new year. This is a time, you know, and I'm not even going to get into resolutions because as far as I'm concerned, resolutions are resolutions. You always had the solution. You're just revisiting it. <laughs> Let's remember the power and purpose that we have always had. And let's remind ourselves to use it in 2023 and beyond. I love you, humanity. I do. Continued prayers for young this young man, Mr. Damar Hamlin. We're still praying for you, dude. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.